Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. And we who can see color, what do we do with it? We make tribes that are something different than one world, one people. Instead of celebrating the diversity, we find separation. And I know that the people sitting in this room are not active racists. That is not that is not the thing that we struggle with. But we are part of the whole. And so we can't say, oh, it's those people over there that are the problem. Because when we do that, we create separation. Wherever we are separating ourselves in the world, we are creating lack. We are dividing ourselves from the all. And so, even though the way that we do it probably doesn't look like it looked in Charlottesville or Barcelona or the chaos of the day, there are still ways that each one of us has of creating separation. Because these shadows fall over our whole planet. The shadow of the other who is not like me, who has a different idea, who has different ways of behaving. The shadow of lack. I mean, there probably wouldn't be any racism if everybody actually knew there was abundance for all. If we treated each other, if we guaranteed that we had a world that worked for all, if everybody had plenty, they wouldn't be worried about if somebody else had plenty too. But that isn't how we've got it organized right now. And we all plug in to that idea of lack in one way or another. And the violence. How many mothers' children have to die? How many fathers have to turn away and say, my kid never got the chance? Before we stop this, when we did the meditation and we went up and up and up and up, where were the divisions? They weren't there. We are one people living on one planet, and our definition of one people has to include every living thing. 
I was just reading this morning, and it, the author was talking about getting comments from people about prosperity, and it's like, you know, I, I put out this claim, I want to manifest this, and it's been like 48 hours, and nothing has happened. <laughs> and she said, well, have you been outside? Because if you'd been outside, what would you have seen? Abundance and life everywhere. All these trees all around. The vastness of fields. Everywhere we look, there's beauty, there's life, there's abundance. It's our nature. And when we separate from that, when we say, oh, well, we're people, we're, we're special, we're more important than those other forms over there, we cut ourselves off from our supply. And so whatever it is that we're wanting in our lives right now, because we're always wanting something, we're just desiring beings, you know, and when we've got that, then we move on to the next thing. And, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just how we're wired. But whatever it is that we're desiring to create next in our lives, it's out there already. And the more we know that we are one with all that is, then whatever that thing is that we want to create is not outside of us. But we can't create it from the field of separation. We can only create it from the field of all that is when we step into that. It's really, really important to just let that kindness flow through us. I was at a rest stop on the way home from Reno the other day, and, and as I was opening the door, I noticed there was a woman that was getting ready to walk away from the sink and out the door, and she had a walker. So I held the door for her, of course. I mean, that, that isn't like I get the purple heart because I held the door. You know, it's just, of course, any one of us would have done that. But what I noticed was she was like, oh, she was so happy that she didn't have to struggle with figuring out how to get the heavy door open while she had the walker. And, and I noticed how good I felt for that simple little thing, that simple thing. We are wired to be kind. It feels good to be kind. It feels good to receive the appreciation from those we've been kind to. And that's, that's where we need to be spending our energy, in kindness. Just, where can I be kind today? You know the song, Love is My Religion. The word religion has Latin roots that mean bind. This is what binds me. So if we're bound to love because we claim that love is our religion, we have to do something about it. It isn't just a pretty thought. It's something that propels us forward. 
how can I be kind in this situation? Even while that person is saying things that are really pissing me off right now, how can I be kind? And kindness might look like saying what's true, letting the person know that this is hurting my feelings, not keeping it a big secret. Or it might be just recognizing, eh, maybe this person's got a headache right now. Maybe they're trying to figure out how to pay their rent so they don't get evicted. I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe I could just be kind. Maybe I could not take it so personally, even if it seems like they meant it personally. As we go through the eclipse, as we talked about last week, the shadows are passing over the earth. They're coming to light. It's been so interesting to me to see all of the stuff that's been going on in politics this week in the frame of the eclipse and the shadows coming to light. It isn't like racism was a surprise and we didn't know there was any in our country. But it really is becoming more difficult to ignore. And I think that President Trump has done an amazing job as a sole friend to our human race by helping us to see not the America that we aspire to be, but the America that we are. The Dalai Lama, when he's been asked about, well, what about those Chinese? Don't you hate them? He says, oh, no, soul friends. Because they give him a continued opportunity to practice compassion. We are being called in our country to look squarely at the shadows of hatred and violence, to the idea that there is an other that is not like us and worth less. We are being called to arm ourselves with kindness. And it may... It may look like becoming an activist in some way. It may look like participating in the Shadows to Light program. But for sure, it looks like being kind in our everyday life, recognizing that we are microcosms of the macro. Recognizing that when we misbehave toward others that we are putting more shadow out. And because we're human and we will misbehave, we get to practice forgiveness. We get to ask for forgiveness. Because that's what practicing kindness looks like. It involves being kind to ourselves. I was thinking this morning about the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible. And 
the prelude to that story was when Jesus is asking the folks, what, what's, you know, what does the Bible say? What are the commandments? And it's love God above all. Love source. The source that you've come from. Be in connection of love with that. And then love your neighbor as yourself. But he has said elsewhere, you know, you don't get big points because you love your family. Everybody does that. Well, actually, not everybody does. And unfortunately, some of us know some of those people or maybe are related to them. But, but generally speaking, we love our family. He's saying he's here to teach us something bigger than that. Great, don't stop loving your family, but get it out bigger than that. And so he tells the story of the Good Samaritan where the first two people that walk along are the the priest and the Levite. These are people that are schooled in laws, and they're very attentive to laws, but not to the law of the heart. The one that is attentive to the law of the heart is the Samaritan. And the importance of that in the story is that the audience that he was speaking to hated the Samaritans. That would be like talking to a group of white supremacists and saying, and so then this black guy comes along, and he's the one that takes care of the person that's wounded. Whatever it is for you personally, if you can think of a probably not a category of people you can't stand because I think everyone here is more conscious than that. But if you think of a particular person that maybe every time you think of that person, it really drives you nuts. I mean, we've all had some people like that in our lives at one time or another. But put that person in the role of the Samaritan. It's somebody, the Samaritan is somebody who we think is different from us, but who is operating on the frequency of the heart, which is where we are all one. And, and who is the Samaritan helping? Someone who's wounded by the side of the road. So metaphysically, this is not about all these others. It's about all these aspects of ourself. There's the part of us that likes to follow the rules and has this idea of how things are supposed to be. And then there's a part of us that comes from the heart. And there's a part of us that is just beaten down by circumstances in life. And all of that has to be welcomed. But the key to it is the heart. The heart is where we find ourselves connected. Connected to all that is. Connected to all that is. Connected to all that is. There is nothing out there that is not part of us. So when we want to manifest, there is nothing out there that is not part of us. We start here. We start in our heart. We start with loving connection to all that is. 
And then we can manifest anything. We can make miracles. I hope as you watch the eclipse this week, tomorrow, I hope that each one of us allows it to be an important personal transformation for us. Let our prayer be, show me the shadows that are in my way and let me be the light, the light of love and kindness. Show me the way that I am called to take action so that all of these things that upset me don't be things that, oh, I don't even remember it next week. But no, I am taking a step forward to make a difference, to be the light, to spread the light to all that is. Let's make that our prayer. And know that that saying, where two or more are gathered together, there I am. I am all that is. I am that power, the power of creation, the power to make miracles. That power is there when we consciously connect as one. And that's what we do when we come here. And even though we'll be scattered around tomorrow as we watch that eclipse, know that we hold that connection. It's bigger than time and space. We hold that I am connection together, and we can make a difference in this world. That bodes well for us as far as peace in in the world with the... um, with North Korea and us kind of in a swallow right now about using nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that as far as the energies are concerned. But I'd like to highlight that the Tibetan Buddhists think that an eclipse period is an especially sensitive period of time where the actions that you take are carried forth 10,000 times magnified. And so during an eclipse cycle, if, if you are meditating or praying for peace, then that is magnified 10,000 times. And so when we're all frustrated and aggravated at the ensuing congested roads and potentially empty grocery stores, <laughs> then we have to remember to keep ourselves in check during that period of time and not let anger take over control or irritation. The eclipse does not have a simply ominous history. There are tribes in Africa that see an eclipse as the sun and the moon simply fighting and that it's our job as humans to resolve all conflict with one another so that they will stop fighting. Mm -hmm. And in Italy, flowers planted during an eclipse are said to be more beautiful and grow better than any flowers planted any other time of the year. Interesting. Well, I think, you know, when you're talking about the two powers fighting, traditionally the sun is the masculine influence and the moon is the feminine influence. And so you could think about it as we're bringing more of the feminine influence into the world, which could really, that balancing is needed. So we are in charge, as Pat was saying, of where we're putting our thoughts. And so if we together hold the idea that this is a powerful time when we are welcoming in the feminine energy, where we are going to be a stand for kindness, inclusivity, for just 
doing conscious peace focusing where we're going to have time for meditation. Take time to pray. If we, if we make those, those conscious thoughts, then I think our experience will be much, much more powerful. And I really encourage you to think about the Shadows to Light program, getting involved in that, and see if that's something that we, we are leaders in our nation with that as well. Right now, there are 14 churches across the nation signed up for that program, and we're one of them. So we might be small in numbers, but we're very mighty in our mission and our intention. And, and I feel so proud of us, and I hope that you do too. And I want to thank Alex and Pat for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And, and we're just going to... We're going to conclude this with this beautiful song that Eric and Victor were singing um, at the end of our campout last week, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, because we get to choose who we are in the world, and we can be a bridge. We can be a bridge over the troubled waters. We can be a bridge over the fear that people may have ascribed to this um, eclipse. It can be the epoch eclipse, or it can be an opening door, a bridge over troubled waters. <laughs>